We're pleased to start our number two by going to the Auburn Bank phone line and welcoming on Brian Matthews of Auburn Rivals. Again, grateful for your time today. Brian, how are things in your world? Not bad. Um, I'm up here in Birmingham for the tournament. And, you know, Auburn's off to a good start and got a big game probably late tonight again against Vanderbilt. Uh, yes, we got a lot to talk about with this Auburn baseball team and even the SEC tournament as a whole and the fiasco of trying to get four games in in one day there. But uh, let's start with this baseball team. Brian, we, we last talked, I think it was in March, it was when this team was not playing its best baseball, just kind of early in the year overall. What, in your opinion, changed from the halfway point of SEC play to what we've seen now? You know, I think one of the biggest things is the pitching staff just got better. And it came in steps. You know, you started to see it in the Alabama series. And, and you know, they lost. They went over there and they lost two or three. But you saw them take some steps forward. They, I think they totaled 30 walks against Texas A&M. And they were cut into that a little bit. And then by the next series, um, you know, they, they came back to beat Mississippi State. They got a little bit better. And then they sort of just hit their stride. And one of those final, I think it was the final five series of the regular season, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they've won nine straight, I believe, SEC games. Um like going into the night. So I think the biggest thing has been the pitching staff improvement. And for them, the biggest thing has been just throwing strikes, right? And not, not being so wild, not walking so many batters or throwing wild pitches or hitting batters, you know, giving all those free bases that they were, you know, six weeks ago. Well, talking about that pitching staff, and yeah, it's been a little bit of everybody, but when you've had the injuries uh, that they had that have sidelined some guys and then early in the season, just kind of trying to figure things out with the lineup and everything. How big has it been for a guy like Tommy Vell to step up and really kind of become that number one for Auburn? That's been really big. And, um, you know, he wasn't his normal self, I didn't think, right. um, last night coming off that illness. Um, you know, wasn't as sharp as he normally be. And I thought that um, umpire was squeezing him a little bit, which yeah. was frustrating him. Uh, but he got through it, and uh, I think he'll be good to go, you know, come – uh, next Friday, uh, when he has to pitch in the regional, he's got plenty of time to rest up and get ready. Um, maybe bring him back later this weekend if, if Auburn's still playing for maybe a short outing, uh, like a bullpen. But, um, he's been the catalyst. He stepped up and been that number one guy. And the thing about him is, um, before he had this illness, he was, you know, he, he was struggling to get out, you know, through the third and fourth and then fifth innings. And then, uh, you know, his last couple starts before last night, you know, he's going, you know, into the seventh and really pitching well and being a little bit more efficient with his pitches and not getting such a high pitch count. So uh, if he can find that form back, you know, Auburn's got a chance going into these series. And maybe I'm getting a little ahead of myself, Brian, but it just fascinates me as we talk pitching. When you have to go through a scenario like this where you have so many games in such a short amount of time, I mean, we're used to at most a three games and two days situation, maybe, you know, a five out of seven if you're playing – a couple midweek games earlier in the year, but you got to go day in, day out here in Hoover. And if Auburn's going to make a deep run, there's going to be guys pitching two, three, maybe even four times if you play that many games. Who are the guys that you look to get a lot of work, just as far as guys that are going to be capable of going to, if not every single day, but more days than not? Yeah, I mean, I think Crutchfield can probably come back uh, later if, if Auburn continues to play. I think we'll see Bauman tonight. He'll probably follow uh, Chase Alsop is my guess. And, you know, I think he's a guy that could go again if you need him to. Um, Will Cannon is definitely a guy they're going to count on uh, to pitch two or three times, I would think, if they continue to play. Um, but, you know, to me, the SEC tournament, you have to have guys that step up and, like, have the best 
you know, outings of their careers. You know, um, Auburn got a little bit of that uh, yesterday with Chase Isbell. You know, he went three innings, which I think is the second most he's pitched all season. And, uh, you know, pitched really well. And um, that's something they had to have to get to those later innings to bring in Zach to come in there and close it. And I thought Zach pitched great. So uh, a guy like Drew Nelson, whether he starts or comes in as a bullpen, he's going to have to give Auburn a really good outing for Auburn to have a chance to win this tournament. You have to have guys step up. Chase Alsup uh, last weekend had the best outing of his career. Can he duplicate that again uh, tonight against Bandy? You know, that would go a long way to determine whether Auburn can keep playing into, uh, you know, the weekend. And this part of the bracket, Brian, is very interesting to me because obviously Vandy's been one of the, the best SEC programs for a long time. It's not someone that Auburn saw this year. You've got one-seeded Florida. And then, of course, you've got rival Alabama as a possibility to play tomorrow depending on how things go today. It yep. is. It, I know it's hard to tell because there's so many behemoths in, in each half of things, but is this the is this the better case scenario side of the bracket for Auburn? What, I know they got swept by Arkansas so early in the season. Does this feel like the the better half of it, or is it just it just it's take your pick, honestly? No, I like where Auburn is. I really do. And um, you know, you look at these teams like Florida, uh, which will be the next game, and like Vanderbilt. I know Vanderbilt is throwing, you know, a bullpen guy who hasn't started all season. I, I would expect Florida. I haven't seen it. I'm sure it's out, but they're probably not going to throw one of their top starters either, because they've already sort of got things established. They know they know that they're going to be a, a, a high national seed, whereas an Auburn or Alabama is going to try to get their best pitchers in there and try to win and see how far they can take it. So um, that gives teams like Auburn and Alabama, I think, a chance in this kind of setting. So um, I, you know, and if. Both teams win tonight. They're playing, um, you know, tomorrow night with a chance to, you know, clinch a spot in the semifinals. So that could be an incredible atmosphere over here at the Hoover Met if that happens. So we'll see how it goes tonight. Yeah, there should be a lot of fans there. And as you mentioned, I mean, Auburn and Alabama, uh, along with Tennessee, who's obviously already gone home. I mean, they're the hottest teams in the SEC period yep. with, with what they've done uh, the last few weeks. As far as the NCAA seeding, I mean, again, this is a, a lot of what people talk about and. Auburn certainly, sh- I think, I think would feel good about hosting a regional. Now that they've gotten that Missouri game under their belt. Is there any? Do you, do you feel if there's any run in here that there is a super regional, a top eight seed in play, or is Auburn kind of snugly within that 11, 12, 13 range? Do you think? Well, I can only go by what the experts say. You know, like D one baseball, they said Auburn would be in the discussion for a top uh, eight spot if they were to make it to the weekend, which would be the semifinal. So I think that's something to strive for. <laughs> Um, I think they had them as number 12 national seed going into the SEC tournament. And, you know, when I found a, a game or two, one way or the other doesn't necessarily affect things a lot in the SEC tournament. It's your accumulation of what you've done all season. But a run to the semifinals or finals or winning it, that can make a difference. So I think if Auburn wants an opportunity to host a Super Regional for the first time in school history, they got to get to the weekend and maybe even get farther. Um, but even hosting a Regional two years in a row would be the first time in school history. So that that's a step forward. That's another that's more history made for this Butch Thompson program. Give you one more on baseball and then we'll give you a couple on uh, football talking to Brian Matthews of Auburn Rivals here uh, on sports call today. So with this SEC tournament, Brian, I'm just always fascinated as you someone covering the tournament. I mean, do you even wake up with like a game plan of when to head to the ballpark, or I mean, <laughs> I mean just like there because there's no telling weather can knock things around and, yeah. and Auburn 
Uh, even with a rain delay, it's not bad to start in the 9 o'clock hour yesterday with the, the, the pace of play today. So, I mean, just like how do you approach covering this tournament when also the dynamic of you start in a single elimination format and then you get into the double elimination. So now Auburn's got two more games no matter what. But if they had lost last night, one and done, right out of there. It's got to yeah. be, be more of a, a difficult time to kind of be able to plan things. Well, Tuesday's the hardest, right, because you're in Auburn and you're watching the tournament and waiting, okay, is there going to be a game four? Because a lot of times, you know, you get rain throughout the day and it gets pushed back and pushed back and eventually gets pushed to the, the next morning. So you got to decide when to leave. And then once you get up there, you're like, okay, it's, um, you know, past midnight. Am I going to get a hotel room and stay or is Auburn going to lose and I'm just going to want to drive straight home? But once I get here, once you get in this double elimination, you're sort of here. And now I've already been over the park once today. Then I came out to meet some fellas to eat, and we're headed back to the park here in a, in a few minutes. But, um, you know, it's just nice to be able to see, you know, different teams, see other writers and, and people in the, in the media you haven't seen for a while. So it's just a great opportunity just to hang out and watch some good baseball. Yeah, absolutely. Again, we've... We've talked about the uh, about the wonderful thing that is the SEC tournament. We've also heard some rumors. I don't want to get too deep into this, but uh, that one day it may not be in Hoover because they're getting tired of all the rain and delays there. So hopefully, <laughs> I don't want that to be the case. Don't want it to go out to Texas, but uh, it is certainly something special in uh, Birmingham. Let's let's transition to football real quickly here, Brian. Uh, obviously, the transfer portal was incredibly active for Auburn post spring. We yep. knew it would be. Let's just look at that quarterback position first with Peyton Thorne. Just uh, from Auburn's point of view, what are they getting in, in Peyton Thorne? And then also just was it getting pretty nerve-wracking that there was going to actually be a guy that they'd be really uh, interested in even getting in the portal? Uh, it was, you know, until Peyton Thorne popped in. And then you knew right away that was the guy they wanted. And, and really, I think it was a done deal even b- well before it was reported. I, I, you know, I, I think he had made his decision and uh, he knew the situation really quickly. And um, he was Auburn's almost right away, a lot like, um, you know, Alabama went out and got their quarterback from Notre Dame. But um, I think that's a, a, the most significant addition to this team. Uh, and, and not just his ability. I think he brings leadership to the offense, to the team, to the quarterback position. I think that team desperately needed that from that position. They need a guy that can lead, that people look up to, that's going to be there pushing everybody else. And You know, uh, from everything I've heard, you know, he's been here, I think, more than a week now, been hitting up the film room, been – get to know everybody, you know, already taking that role over, even though he's a, you know, some guys he's trying to lead have been around for a few years and he's just been here, you know, a, a little more than a week, but that's, you know, that's, you get the coach's son and you're getting a guy who, who already has experience in RPO offense. So in a lot of ways, he's ahead of some of the guys that went through spring who kind of struggled, you know, to pick that offense as, as they started to put it in, um, you know, every day of the spring. So I, I think, you know, he's going to compete with Robbie and those guys in the fall for the starting job. But, you know, I, I, I have a pretty good um, feeling that he's going to end up being the starter, and I think Auburn has done – has really helped itself there. And Overall, with the 20 um, transfers, 21 signees, still could be a couple more that pop up here or there. Uh, but I think Auburn's made significant strides there. I, I think this was a roster they inherited November 28th. That was good for maybe two, three, or four wins at most. And I think now they're a team that can win seven, eight, or nine. I think they can compete uh, with most of the teams in the SEC. And, you know, you just never know Jordan-Hare Stadium at night 
with the Georgia or Alabama. You just never know. So I'm not going to say they can't do that. Uh, but I don't think you can compete on an annual basis with those two teams right now until you start recruiting at the high school level like they do, right? You can, you can make your team better in the portal, but you've got to start signing those five stars and those rivals 100 players before you're ready to be a, a national power every single year like those schools seem to be right now. And uh, looking at the wide receiver room now, uh, talk about the commitment of Jackson State wide receiver Shane Hooks, what he brings to the table. Um, he, it seems like uh, Hugh Freeze has really revamped this uh, wide receiver room uh, to an extent. Yeah, I really like Shane Hooks and Jair Shorter. Yep. You know, in Shorter, you got a guy who's got that speed, the big playability, average 27, over 27 yards per catch. And then in Hooks, you got a guy who's got that size around 6'4-ish, um, you know, you've seen some highlights of him jumping up and making catches in the red zone, competing for balls, right? You know, it's him and the defender one-on-one. He's winning those battles and, and bringing down that ball. You know, those are two big elements I think you're adding to the receiving core now. And, you know, some veteran guys that, um, you know, they want to prove themselves at this level. And they also bring a whole, a whole bunch of, of games and, you know, snaps at the college level to this team. So, I think those are two really important pickups for Auburn. And I just think Auburn's passing game went from a maybe a three or a four to a seven or eight, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've been talking about the, the ceiling potential change of this team. And, again, the, the vast numbers they needed, obviously, will a lot of to be determined on how much these guys play and that sort of thing. But it's been uh, fascinating to watch. Brian Matthews with us on the show today. Uh, Brian, real quickly, get you out of here on this. What do you have going on at Auburn Rivals? I know, you, as you mentioned, you're in Hoover. But uh, what else does uh, the team over there at Auburn Rivals have in store for the next couple of weeks? Well, you know, besides baseball, of course, softball's over now. Uh, we're keeping an eye on the portal for basketball and football, see if anything else pops up there. And then June is about to be the most important recruiting month for Auburn, I think, in a long time. They're going to get a ton of official visitors in. This is their chance to start loading up this 24 class with top-caliber players and trying to compete with the Georgias and the Clemsons and the Alabamas and LSUs and Ohio State for these top guys. So... This next month, uh, starting that first week in June, is going to be huge uh, for this program and recruiting and really the future of this football program. So we'll be covering that really closely, too. He's Brian Matthews of Auburn Rivals joining us today on Sports Call. Brian, I must say, uh, top nine A&M just hit a solo homer. I I have a whiff of extra innings in in Hoover. So just hopefully the night is too long for you. But, uh, Brian, certainly appreciate your time. Have a good time covering the tournament. We'll talk again soon. Hey, I appreciate it. We're ready for another late night, whatever it brings us. So whatever it takes. Absolutely. Yep. That is Brian Matthews joining us today on Sports Call. Always appreciate his time. Again, does a great job with Auburn Rivals. Always appreciate his insight.